Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the gospel lesson of St. Luke, the 14th chapter, and this will be for the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. We have the continuation of Jesus doing what Jesus does. He's doing miracles, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's doing these amazing object lessons. And I want to be careful with the object lesson because it's not about just making a point or trying to make something abstract, bringing it into a perspective of reality that the crowds can grasp. He is flat out recreating the perspective of religion, of law, and even the gospel. And he does this by doing and repairing broken creation. So in our gospel lesson, again, St. Luke, the 14th chapter, on Sabbath, the day of rest, and we, of course, get this from Genesis, when God created everything, all the amazing, great work of speaking the very existence into being outside of creation of Adam and Eve, God just speaks and works the mighty work of creation. But on the seventh day, He rests from his work. And this gives us the chance to do the very same thing. We are to relax. We are to rest from our works. Now, this doesn't mean that we just sit in our lazy boy, kick up, and and don't worry about anything. This actually becomes the chance to reflect, the chance to contemplate, the chance to commune with God in your life. And it is recognizing you've had this opportunity to work. You've had this opportunity to enjoy creation, participate in the blessings of the gifts of body, of life, of family, work, play, school, anything in your life. You've had the chance to participate. And on the seventh day or the Sabbath, you are to stop this work so that you can now reflect, thank, and praise God for the gifts of this life, the gifts of work, the gifts of everything that you have. Now, this is really good, and we should take advantage of this. We should, in a contemplative, prayerful, and devotional way, look at what God has given to us. But there's a problem, and it comes out very clear in our gospel lesson. We have Jesus hanging out with the Pharisees. He was invited to eat with them. And this man who has dropsy, and this is a disease that that causes uh, some issues with uh, the the face, the hands, Uh, it it is not good. This man has problems participating in work, doing work, uh, so on and so forth. And 
Jesus talking to these men of law, the men who are supposed to not only understand the law, but fulfill it, complete it, and judge and help other people complete God's law. He lays down the gauntlet for them and says, is it lawful? to heal on the Sabbath or not? And this is such a loaded question. It's unfair to the Pharisees, and only Jesus can do this. And it's all good. So think about the dinner table, and Jesus sees this man who has uh, the, the, the dropsy, and he has compassion. He's going to heal this man, but he throws this question out. I am going to stand up. I am going to work on the day of rest, on the Sabbath. Is it lawful? Dear Pharisees, am I breaking God's commandment by helping this man, by returning this man to health, returning this man to life? Please answer me. And I love how the Pharisees answer. They answer with silence. And this is such a big statement from the Pharisees. Their no answer is, in fact, an answer. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to take Jesus. They don't understand the fullness of why Jesus has come. They're still trying to feel him out. Is he an ally? Is he an enemy? Is he just an upstart? What are we doing with this? And I do not think that these are evil men looking for just power and control. They want to be faithful to what God has given to them, and that's God's law. They want to make sure that they complete it. They want to make sure that they are appeasing God. And I mean that in a good, pious way. It still works righteousness, and it's still not the gospel. But they are trying to do what they've been taught. They are trying to be faithful. And Jesus turns their faithfulness, their desire to appease God on its head by saying, I'm going to break God's law by helping and returning this man to health. What's wrong with that? And again, they, they don't know how to answer and Jesus goes on and says, and, and really kind of brings this question home on so much more of a personal level. Which of you, having a son or an ox that have fallen into a well on the Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And again, I, I think this is amazing. Because do you really think a Pharisee would look down a well at their son and say, oop? I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath. I can't exert this amount of energy to rescue you. But if you just hang out, tomorrow I will pull you out first thing, and then everything will be good. Of course not. This would violate God's law of serving the family. This would violate God's law of loving the neighbor, so on and so forth. But again, even with that personal question or bringing that question home, the Pharisees still don't have an answer. Now, with this, I, I, I want to throw this out too. They're in a group and nobody wants to stand out. I'm pretty sure everybody had an answer, but nobody wanted to say yes or no in fear of looking silly or answering wrong. So, and unfortunately, I, I do this too, especially in a classroom or a conference or a group setting. 
I might know the question, but then it's the all the second guessing. Is it right? What will people think? Oh, I'll, I'll just lower my head and not make eye contact with the teacher or the leader, and we'll just let other people talk. And this is wrong. I'm like I said. I'm pretty sure the Pharisees know the answer. Of course, they're going to rescue their son. Of course, they're going to help their ox. Of course, they're going to work to do what needs to be done for the restoration of life, the healing, the helping, and so on and so forth. But again, they don't answer. And Jesus just simply looks at them and then goes on and moves us even further. And he he tells a parable. And he says, now the parable— Uh, to those who are invited. When you are invited to someone, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor lest someone more distinguished than you would be would you would be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will be begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And here again, we see this interesting interplay of the religious establishment. The Pharisees are the authority. When they go out into the public, people recognize them and they give them honor. And when they're invited to the house, the wedding or whatever, they are given places of honor. They're, they're, They're given places of prestige. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. However, if you go to a place and demand or expect, I am a Pharisee, I am a person of importance, I deserve the highest seat, the seat of honor, the seat of blessing, the seat of so everybody can see and look at me. Well, this changes everything. And Jesus laying this upon them is playing off on their silence. They're not willing to answer, would they help? Or is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And he's pointing out, you who are enjoying your office for the earthly goods, for the earthly benefits, you're missing out on the bigness of who and what God is doing and what he has given to you. You are truly in an office to serve. You are in an office to sacrifice of yourself, your resources, your time, all the things that God has given to you. And right here, in both of these events, situations, you see who is the one at work? Who is the one you are to be dependent upon? And of course, we get to do the Sunday school answer, Jesus. But that is absolutely right. And that is what he is exposing to the Pharisees. He is showing them kindly. Notice that he's not going in there picking a fight and out-religiousing them. He is not trying to just beat them down and show them how good he is. He's bringing them along, and he's bringing them along in a way that they can understand, a way that they can handle. And it's all about 
what has been given to you and how do you use it? You've been given God's law. Do you use this law to build yourself up? Do you use this law to keep other people down? Do you use this law for your benefit or for the benefit of God's people placed into your care? And unfortunately, throughout Scripture, we see that many of the Pharisees were abusing their position, abusing their ability to uh, understand God's law so that they could keep people in control, they could keep and sustain their power, they could work to do the earthly bidding and desires of their sinful flesh and nature. We all do this with everything God has given to us. But again, they were given authority over God's people to teach, to bring these people into faith and understanding in relation to what God has given to them. And again, Jesus turns this on its head by pointing out your position is to be seated in the lowest place because you are truly a servant to the people. Let someone else move you up. Let someone else bring honor to you. I, I've told our field workers here at Holy Cross and our vicars that if you ever have to tell the people you are in service to that you're the pastor, that you're the authority in the room, uh, the God-given authority through the office, you're not serving as pastor. And, and this is hard because this is a life of sacrifice, a life of service. And this should flow from the joy of the work. And it doesn't mean that everything's great and easy and nice and uh, fun. It means that you live this life of pointing to who God is and what God has given and delivered in Christ Jesus for the people. And again, this is a service from the servant of God, the pastor. And in our um, gospel lesson, it is the Pharisees. And Jesus is asking a deeper question. What have you given to the people of Israel? What have you given to the people who come to you broken by sin, broken by the corruption of this life? You bring law. You bring the demands of your personal honor, your personal benefit. And this has to be humbling. And again, we really don't hear a lot from the Pharisees. And I don't think it's that they're in shock of what Jesus is saying to them and giving to them. I really think, and just please hear my opinion, they don't know how to handle this. They hear the truth of what Jesus is saying, and it butts up against what they've been taught what they've been doing. And the old cliche, we've always done it this way. Jesus, why are you changing it? And he's changing it for their benefit. He's changing it for your benefit. He's putting the first thing first, salvation, love of God, love from God for your salvation, for your forever, the forgiveness of sins, the grace, the peace, and the mercy that comes outside of your work, outside of your appeasement of God. We cannot do enough to quell the wrath we have deserved, and we need to trust 
simply trust that in Christ our sins are taken away, that our life is truly restored, and that we get to, in turn, serve one another. We get to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. More importantly, we get to love our neighbor as God loves us. And this is what Jesus is laying before the Pharisees at dinner. Now, I, I can't imagine what, what kind of dinner conversation this, this had to be. I, I don't know if it was the Pharisees on one side and Jesus on the other. I, I don't know how friendly. Did you feel the tension in the room when Jesus spoke? I think this is just interesting. But there's a couple of big things happening. First of all, the Pharisees have invited Jesus to participate in this. And Jesus takes this opportunity to meet the Pharisees where they are. But notice, this isn't, I just showed up, I told them about myself, and then, oh, I hope that you believe. I hope that you follow me. He convicts them in their sin. He points out where they're wrong. And he does this in the only way he can, in a compassionate, straightforward way. And this is hard because... We often hear, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. Well, God's word has a lot to be said about sin, and we don't leave people in their sin. And if we take serious God's word, then we are going to point out people's sin. And please hear me, this is not that we get to do this in a judgmental way or a high and mighty way. We do this humbly. And the reason I say we do this humbly is because you, me, all of us, we're all sinners. We all need the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, and the love of God. And what's great about being a Christian is you know where to find this. You know to find it in your baptism, in the Lord's Supper, in the preaching of God's Word, both law and gospel. All of this points to God who works for you, to you, and on you. He is truly, in Christ, the ultimate servant, bringing you from death to life. And that's exactly what Jesus is laying before the Pharisees. Your law, your trust in your own works leads nothing but death. Come and live and be in the honored position of receiving the forgiveness, the attention of God, the peace of his work, which opens up forevermore to you. And again, I, I don't know how the Pharisees received this. I, I'm sure they had a lot of discussions. What do we do? How do we do? Is this right? Is this wrong? I, I hope in, that they compared it to what the Old Testament told them, which again pointed to the promised Messiah, promised to the life of Christ, the life that would be given so that they too would live. That very statement is still true to each and every one of us. Christ comes to us so that we will know mercy, that we will know peace, and forever in him. So we get to look at our lives, and we need to ask the question, where are we being pharisaical? Where are we being Pharisees in our lives? How are we looking to our work, our understanding, our whatever, as if that's enough to earn salvation? And we get again, we get to again turn 
repent from these ways and look to the author and perfecter of our faith, our Lord Jesus Christ, who hung on the cross to save us, to rescue us from this false belief, this false trust, placing all our hopes squarely on the only one who could rescue us, the only one who sits at table with you and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come to me. The door is opened. And with excitement, I get to remind you of this, especially as Jesus reminded the Pharisees and showed them the true way to salvation. These are the things that we will wrestle with this week as we prepare to hear the sermon in God's Word. We get to look at our lives, and we get to look at the blessings of what God does, and we get to honor Him who has blessed us in His life and mercy. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.